Chong Talk with Vicky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. JC. Ushering you back into a brand new episode of HR Talk. It's my pleasure to be here. And please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Baez. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a wild and crazy week, Mr. Baez. It really has a lot going on in the world of uh, current events and, and human resources and business and all those things in between. It's been a lot staying on top of the new news, you know? It really, yeah, it is. It, it's, dude, I just need a day or a week, a week. That's why I miss cruising, right? Because it, it's I'm too cheap to pay for the data plan, so I just turn off my cell phone and don't watch the news. So I just need for cruising to come back so I can spend all my money on a cruise but be too cheap to buy the data package. I don't have to use my phone so I can get away from the news. So, yes, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Hey, check this out, though. It's been an amazing week in college basketball. The Final Four coming up this weekend. Coming up tomorrow, you've got Baylor, number one, taking on Houston, number two. We're going to find out in that game who's heading to that championship, and then the other game doesn't matter because Baylor's going all the way, Mr. Baez. There's uh-huh. where I'm putting my money on that horse right there. I'm Baylor. Okay. Yes, Guys, sir. I haven't been watching, bro. I have not been watching. I know. I should. Oh, you're should. killing me. I'm sorry, man. I'm hey, sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. speaking about this weekend. There's kind of a lot going on. You mentioned to me that there's a, a special event this weekend, right? Um, no. <laughs> you said it was Easter weekend. And with oh, that God. being said, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, our Easter special here, let's please welcome the Easter horse. <laughs> Our Easter horse is here to usher in the Easter weekend since uh, there's no real bunny sound effects. Welcome the Easter horse. Legend has it the Easter horse in the early hours of the morning, if the kids are very, very good, comes into your backyard and leaves a series of magical presents that the children can wake up and find laid all about. Make sure that you grab your kids early in the morning Trapes around the yard and see if you could find what the Easter horse left behind. Uh, brother, so when the apocalypse finally gets here and all records of everything is gone, and the only thing future civilization is going to find is this specific show. The legend this is going to be of the, the legend Easter of the horse. Easter horse. <laughs> That's going to be great. It kind of reminds me of, uh, do you remember that movie Young Frankenstein? Yeah. You remember that one? And then every time you said, like, the, the one lady's name, Frau Brücken, <laughs> the horse would just, you know. <laughs> I love it. The now, Easter for, horse. For people that don't catch the video of this, and, and this here is it's that audio podcast, right? It's, it's the theater of the mind. If you want the video, tune into HR Talk on Wednesdays on Facebook, where right. HR Talk does go live. Sometimes they go live from the Bioscope page. So even if you <laughs> reserved your space, don't worry. Uh, check both pages, but they'll get squared away in the future. But the point of the story here, theater of the mind and playing with the theater of the mind. When Mr. Baez does have that deep, heartfelt laughter and he reaches deep into his bowels and brings that laughter out, sometimes there's no noise. So on the video, you'll see Ricky's head snap back and he's laughing intently, but there's no noise. But I get to see that 
that laughter and the joy in his face of a young child, just like the young child that may find the Easter horse on Easter morning. Ricky, over to you. Uh, so, yeah, um, there's no Easter horse here, although that's that'll be a great tradition to start. So uh, I... I just feel bad for all the kids. Wrong answer. There is a Easter horse. Wake up early on Sunday morning to try to find them. (laughs) I just feel bad for the kids who actually, who are listening. Sorry, kids. And are actually going to talk to their parents. Hey, let's talk about the Easter horse. You're going to need some large trash bags. That's the right thing to do. Dude, hey, you are on a, you're a trip today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's been one of those wild and crazy weeks. We are recording the program here on, uh, on Friday, April 2nd, uh, we right. were going to do it on the 1st, but we're a big enough joke as it is. So we figured that we could just carry that on uh, and just kind of keep the fun times rolling. Um, big kudos going out to everyone that does listen weekly intently. Um, we do make a lot of really crazy jokes and talk about fun and funny things. And for all of our new listeners, just to kind of lay it out and explain, yes, It is a podcast about human resources. Yes, we do talk about leadership and management and and different HR topics. But the one thing that we try to do is keep it fun. Right, Rick? Absolutely. You got so many other HR podcasts out there that they they stick to the handbook, quote unquote. They stick to policy, quote unquote. They don't have a good time with it. It's, 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 It's like they're on stage. They're in front of people. They're presenting, and they want to show how professional they are and how knowledgeable they are. No, this is just a couple of guys just hanging out, having some drinks, and talking about everyday leadership, everyday HR stuff that normally people can't talk about at work. So they clock out, have a happy hour, and uh, listen to the show, or work out in the morning and have a happy hour in the morning, listen to the show, whatever works. You don't judge. We were just literally a couple of guys up to no good talking about. HR in our neighborhood. You know how the rest of that goes. And I'm not even going to head down that track. Yeah, let's, let's not do that. Hey, uh, can't afford it. So to yep. that, <laughs> let's get things kicked off. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're familiar with the show, normally we start to throw a couple ideas back and forth and chew on that. We're going to be chewing on a lot of stuff throughout the course of the program today. Today's program Current events this week, ladies and gentlemen, is brought to you in part by this entire episode. We're going to be going from Twitter to the Tiki Taki, Instagrammy, and all places in between. No one goes to Facebook anymore unless you're going to watch HR Talk Live on Wednesdays. Look up HR Talk Podcast on Facebook. They might go live on Wednesday. With that being said, over to Ricky for our first current event story of the day. Well, this story, this is from TikTok from the friend of the show, Lawyer Page. Oh, Lawyer and Page is great, Rick. She really is. She really is. She, so, she got into some heated battles on the Tiki Taki this past week and Instagram. It's been all over the place. Oh, she did? Yeah, did man. She put up a uh, couple Tiki Takis there about uh, the COVID-19 vaccine, and then they turned into like large-scale political debates and things of that nature. It has oh. been pretty intense. And uh, she even put up some posts saying, hey, there's a lot going on. Go check this out. So some people were taking political stances where she was just trying to approach it from a legal perspective. Oh, pretty wild. And it's, you know, par for the course, I guess, when you put yourself out there on the ticky talkie 
Well, the one that I that I have right now has to do with COVID-19. Well, let's check it out. Give me one second. If you make or buy a fake COVID vaccine card, you're endangering people around you and you're breaking the law. We're seeing fake vaccine cards all over social media right now. And before you buy or use one, you need to know this. If you misrepresent yourself that you got this vaccine and you didn't, you could be charged with the unauthorized use of using an official government seal, which is a crime that's punishable under Title 18, as well as other possible laws. And different states could have their own medical fraud laws as well. In a nutshell, if you use a fake vaccine card, there could be federal implications, state implications, international ones if you're traveling, and you could infect someone and kill them. This is informational only and not legal advice. Informational only, not legal advice from Lawyer Page, everybody. Fake cards. There's people out, so now they make fake ID cards. Yeah. And now they're making fake COVID vaccination cards. Oh, yeah. I was just up at 7 Eleven. There was a guy out back by the dumpster. You could buy one. Had the name McLovin on it while you're at it. I mean, like, really? Come on. What do you expect? It was the only parking spot around there. That's where where I had to park. But yeah, kind of wild, man, that people are actually counterfeiting those, you know? Could you imagine, just imagine having a time machine coming back from 1995 to right now. You know what? Forget it. From five years ago to right now and seeing something like this where somebody says, hey, you're going to go to jail for making a fake COVID-19 vaccination card. I know exactly what you're talking about. Imagine the other side of this, the other perspective coming to this time today from the future, bringing COVID with you. Unbelievable. (laughs) COVID-29. That's right. Right. It just keeps going. That's right. So crazy. So So crazy. People are actually, but she is right. That is a government um, uh, document. So if you get caught foraging that, you know, a boohoo on you, hopefully you get caught. Hopefully they throw the book at you. But I just didn't know that was a thing. Just get the shot. You know what? While we're in this, I know that we were going to save some articles for a little bit later on. This just kind of popped in my head. You're going to have to hit the Google box while I'm talking to get this pulled up. But uh, I just heard on the news today that Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida signed a new COVID-19 law into effect. Uh, Something along the lines of like you will not need to have a COVID passport uh, to simply go to the grocery store. Where in New York, uh, you might need a COVID passport just to go outside your house to get the mail. Like, I, I think it might be that drastic. <laughs> Did you find something there? Uh, I'm, I'm finding it right now. Um, so hold on one second. What it says here, this is four days ago. Florida, Florida's DeSantis Science COVID-19 Lawsuit Protection Bill. Is that, I'm assuming, is in there. And I don't know if it's in there. But in that bill, it does talk about... Um, not having any kind of a COVID-19 pass or vaccine passport, yeah. which I support him on that. I support him on that because for the people who don't want to get that vaccine, that's what intern Dave and I were talking about on Wednesday. If, if that's something we don't want to do, whether it's for religious reasons or other reasons, then we should have the right not to do it and still enjoy all those other activities that are enjoyed by you know everybody. What, hang on though. Hang so, on though. Let, let's, let's think logical about this. Okay. When when you book your cruise, okay, mm-hmm. before pre-COVID, you book your cruise, and and where would you normally go on these little cruise excursions? Where Eastern you, Caribbean. Okay, Eastern, Eastern Caribbean cruise. Yeah. So you book your Eastern Caribbean cruise pre-COVID nineteen. When you show up to the port, you actually have to bring your card that says you've been vaccinated for chicken pox and mumps, measles, rubella, and all the, you you have to bring that, don't you? You, you don't. All oh, you have so to do why is would you, this be different? 
Well, no shit, right? Okay. <laughs> why would yeah. it be different than it? So, no, that that's, I mean, I get why people are pushing for that. But this is, again, one of the, uh, another piece of um, of information the government is putting out there that I agree with. I'm really intrigued from the employer perspective, though, when we think about a potential passport for these things, how different state laws could go into effect and then how it could cross over into, you know, GINA issues and, and that AARP stuff. Well, I don't know about AARP, but Gina, I get that. But it's if 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 we allow something like this to happen, then what's next, right? What else are they going to need documentation for? Yeah, no, wait for, a second. For medical stuff. Hang on though. Mm-hmm. With the AARP stuff, like right now, uh-huh. if you discriminate against someone that's older in the workplace, you get in trouble. You can't do that, right? No, you can't do that, but AARP has got nothing to right. do with that. But okay, fine. Well, no, work with me here. Work with it. Okay, let's, go you, this, let's go down this let's go down this uh the Easter horse track with this one. I, you almost did the rabbit so, hole. <laughs> I did. I I caught myself there. So okay. so now AARP, you have to be of a certain age to get the card. And the age that you have to be to get the AARP card is old enough to be uh, a victim of age discrimination and discriminating against those that are older. Here's where I'm going. So now this whole thing's like flipped on its head because people that are older were blessed with the opportunity to get the vaccine first. So they will get the jobs before the younger people, Rick. <laughs> so it completely does away with any type of discount you may get with any AARP membership or any ADEA that says there's no discrimination for anybody that's over the age of 40. So here's my thing. Why do we need one, a passport for that, for COVID-19 vaccination, but we don't need one for the flu shot? The flu shot is just as deadly, if not more. I mean, yeah, numbers, we can go ahead and put numbers out there, but there isn't anything out there for the flu shot. Guess what? What? We just officially beat the dead horse. (laughs) Your next current event story is coming up uh, courtesy of Ricky Baez. Go ahead. Get that pulled up, brother. What do you got next? I got you. All right. So this one is from, you know, that one girl, Rachel, from TikTok, and she's talking about people trying to get her fired. Check it out. Okay. So sometimes when you act up on the Internet or when you make people mad on the Internet, they go real life. So apparently I did that uh, because one of y'all on my LinkedIn and just sent an email to my company. You lied and said I said something that everybody that follows me knows I would never say. You ended your email by saying, I trust that you agree that this is not a good look for your company and we'll take the appropriate steps. Mm. So I own the company. The email came <laughs> to me. I will be sure to pick this up with HR tomorrow who is also me and i'm just like you know crossing my fingers and praying that i get to keep my job <laughs> you guys have to do all right that. all right all right so someone on the tiki talkie actually like emailed her company trying to get her fired for something she did and said on the tiktok and it came to her because she's the owner that is hilarious <laughs> that's unbelievable it is unbelievable how dumb people can can be but let's say that wasn't her company Let's say she worked for a big organization and let's say this company listened to what these folks are saying and they actually fired her because of it. Talk to me. Isn't that called cancel culture there, JC? Didn't we see that last year a bunch of times? Yeah, we did actually. And uh, wow. 
yeah. still going so, on. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, okay, I'm glad we got this clip. And here's why. The reason I'm glad we got this clip is because it's from an HR point of view. I, I, I can't tell you, JC, how many times I've had people email me as the HR manager, call me, or just come by the office to tell me something one of our employees did. And they wanted me to know about it, and they wanted me to take action. The first thing I do, and HR people, listen up here. The first thing you need to do, yes, you take your complaint seriously. You have to investigate it. But if it has nothing to do with your organization, it happened outside of the four walls or the confines of the organization, and the name of the organization was not brought into whatever controversy this employee has been involved with, you leave it alone. It's leave as it. simple Just as don't that. touch it. Leave it alone. Just, just, but, but you have to investigate it, right? And that's how you find out that the name of the organization was not brought into the, into, into the situation. Now, let's say the name of the organization was not brought into the situation, but it gets a lot of media coverage. And because of how controversial it is, the media starts to figure out, oh, they work here. Now we got brought into it and we may have to take action like, some people had to do last year with a lot of the cancer culture that's going out there. So I can see how that can happen. You know, one of the things that, that I've done in the past and, and very recently as well, um, heading into various discoveries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, through that investigatory process, take it, taking a stab from a discovery approach. Okay. I really always try to emphasize, and I'm being dead serious here, Rick, like this, this has recently happened. I, I always try to emphasize keeping an open mind. Like, okay. even though you might be tasked with trying to prove or disprove something, at the end of the day, you're doing yourself and, and, and the the truth of the situation more of a service by keeping that open mind and mm-hmm. then letting it all reveal itself at the end of the day. Do you agree with me on that? I do. I do. Okay. This is what I want. This is what I want. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do agree with that. And the reason I'm pausing is because I have been involved in some investigations where um, my personal beliefs tells me I have to do A, but the paperwork and the investigation and the evidence that I find tells me to do B. Right. And that and that and that is something that I have to deal with as a human being and make sure that my morals or my ethos or my moral compass doesn't interject or doesn't um, influence what needs to happen legally for the organization with the investigation. Right. So, yes, keep an open mind, but you have to remember to always follow the evidence, regardless of what your personal beliefs are. And that's hard to do at the beginning. After a while. You know what? Your heart gets hard, you know, gets cold and empty and you just go by the paperwork. (laughs) You you didn't say your heart gets cold at first. You started saying something else. Your heart gets what? Hard, empty, cold, and very cynical. Brother, I've always said. Could you imagine though? Hang on. You're you're on a date. You know, you're out having dinner. mm -hmm. You're, You're pulling your sweetie up by your side, your arm right around the shoulder. You're having milkshakes together. Maybe watching the drive-in movie in your drop top. What is it, 1950? Work with me. And then, <laughs> and then in that moment, you know, there's, there's like this, this release of like emotion. 
And you have to defend the fact that you have a hard heart. My heart is hard. I cannot love the proper way anymore. My heart is hard. Well, well, well that's why once you quote unquote clock out of work, you have to remember that was work. <laughs> I know, bro. Bro. For a hot minute, I thought you was playing the uh, horse. Yeah. No, uh, and, and, no, I know, right? And then, like, for the next two years, you're in therapy trying to get over the fact of what you just had to do and live through, you know? Well, that's the thing, right? And being in HR... And I'm going to tell you right now. People- hang on, I'm cutting you off because I, 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 this is very important. You know this is yeah. exactly why the employee assistance programs exist. It's oh, not to help yeah. all employees. It's specifically HR. for HR therapy. That's, <laughs> that's, that's like really what it is, man. I mean, come on. Oh, God. You, are, you, are, you are driving me into a hole here, bro. Here's the thing, right? It's um, with the kind of shit I had to investigate and listen to and kept my mouth shut because all I wanted to say is just be quiet, stop whining. I can't do that, right? That's that's the human side of me. Right. Right. The the but then HR, being an HR and, and a lot of HR people are going to agree with me, being an HR makes you cynical. It makes you cynical because Hang somebody you think yeah. In your definition, what does cynical mean? Cynical to me, in my definition, which I believe the dictionary would agree. Don't look it up. Go ahead. I'm not going to look it up to me is that you don't believe things. You don't believe people. You, you, you don't believe things at face value. God, I'm so thankful that you have a college degree. Cynical is an adjective, uh, believing that people are motivated by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. Uh, the second mm. definition there is concerned only with one's own interests and typically mm. disregarding accepted or appropriate standards in order to achieve them. Quote, a cynical manipulation of public opinion. And so lack quote. of trust, right? Lack of trust, not believing what you're seeing, right? Not believing what you see at face value. That's lack of trust. So it, it, it's, it, it makes Ladies and gentlemen, like for anyone that's listening and paying attention, this right here is what $180,000 worth of college education will get you. <laughs> Ricky Bias. A difference in understanding? Yeah. No, but th- I mean, think about it. When you see, because people can give a hell of a performance in an investigation, and you're like, wow. This person is really hurting only to find out later with evidence and video and all those things that this person was lying. And you can you find out how really good people are at telling bullshit stories. And it makes you cynical, not trust people at face value. All right. So at the end of the day, bullshit stories using your quote, because I really Mm -hmm. don't like to swear, but you forced me to. Um, to be part of it's part of this culture, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. He forces me to do this. It's, I do it's, not do that. It's something I don't <laughs> want to do. <laughs> Kidding, but uh, there could be fines, penalties, and and things associated with that. Uh, let it be on one party or the other. At the end of the day, there's there's actual dollars on the table that have strong implications in, into uh, the future, depending on the way that anything turns out. You know, people have been talking about fines and penalties like this in the world of agriculture lately, Rick. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. There's some new rules on the book, some new policies, laws, things that are going in place that's really disrupting the agriculture industry. Now, look, I know we've got a lot of people that do the nine to five that that are more white collar in the office, in the cubicle. But let's be honest. There's a huge cross section of the human resources industry that is within agriculture. 
big business, multi-billion dollar business. And and they have employment woes that are very similar to our our friends and neighbors and in the office spaces of downtown Orlando. But at the other end of the spectrum, they're not in that office space. They're somewhere else dealing with other things. And sometimes those HR concerns are solely on that person that owns the company. And when you think about that company on a big perspective and you open up that clamshell right there like this, you just crack it open. And then you see inside that right there is a penalty and fine for your animals dying before an expected lifespan. You got to say what? Some new laws in effect. Ricky, what do you got? Let's check it out. Let's, let's see what we got here. TikTok again to the rescue. I'm disgusted today. If you love agriculture, if you appreciate where your food comes from, this one's for you and there's going to be two parts. First of all, I'm going to tug at your heartstrings because this is what needs to be said. If you have a two-year-old daughter, son, whatever, and they (laughs) get cancer and the government comes to you and says, hey, she hasn't lived one quarter of her life, so I need you to keep her alive. How emotionally draining is that going to be for you? Somebody that isn't involved with your family, but wants to control your family saying, you know, we need to keep her alive because she hasn't lived out her natural longevity of life yet. That is what they are saying to the act that they proposed in Colorado. It's called pause, protect animals from unnecessary suffering and exploitation. I'm going to explain in part two. So go watch y'all. All right. So, so part one is, is laying the base there. Explain that to me a little bit, please. So at first, I'm thinking, wait a minute, is she saying that if her daughter or son or whatever, quote unquote, that if they were sick or they had cancer, that the government has to intervene and say, keep them alive because they haven't lived a quarter of their lives? Yeah, that that's the example that she was saying. Yeah. What a horrible example, because if if <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. That Let, that's let's just play up. part two. Play part yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. see I'm where this play goes. Part two, this one is it's a, yeah. Here we go. Part two coming up right now. Internet. Go. Did you watch part one? Yes. You got to watch part one, especially if agriculture to understand <sighs> what I'm saying. Colorado is under attack, and it won't take long for it to go across the United States for them to control agriculture and the food supply. This. This lifespan they are asking for us to get at animals, they want the one quarter of it. So, example, cattle, 20 years is their lifespan they should be living. Ah. They want five years. And if you don't get to five years, you get penalized. Listen to me when I say this. If I have an animal on my dairy farm, and I have, that does not take to treatment, that is dying, I am going to put them down. That's the humane thing to do. They are asking for inhumane so they can bankrupt farmers and control us. You guys need to ask your farmers and support your farmers because we know what's best and the government has no clue. Okay, so this is from Steph Nash Music over on TikTok. Now, God, I'm glad we saw part two. Steph Nash Music. Steph Nash Music. S-T-E-F-M-A-S-H. Nope. S-T-E-P-H-N-A. A-S-H music. On TikTok. On TikTok. Yes, sir. That's who it is. So, you know 
if oh, they God. don't, if she she's obviously running a dairy farm, from Correct. what she said, and if the animals don't make a certain life expectancy as per written in the bill, they're going to be penalized. So that's what she's saying in part two. In part one, it almost sounded like if you have a kid and you want to put your kid down, you should be able to do so without the government intervening. I think so that I'm was glad so, we saw part two. Yeah, I mean, that was she's making an analogy or something just to try it. to. Yeah, I she get did that. a horrible job at it. Right. No, but but here's but the I, thing. I, 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 don't, I don't think it was horrible. She was trying to frame it in a way from uh, from. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. So here's the thing. I'm assuming that's only for people who are in the business of farming. If you just have a ranch, you're not in the business of farming and you got a couple of cows out there or a couple of calves and they have issues, you sh- I'm sure you could put them down and that'll be the that she's right. That would be the humane thing to do. But I think once you start saying I'm a business, I pay taxes, I do this for a living, then there's other rules and regulations that come into play, right? And Here's the thing. I, it, she, she's doing the right thing. She doesn't like what she sees. And instead of bucking the system, she's taking her message out there. What she should do is write her congressman or congresswoman and say, hey, I don't agree with this. This is affecting dairy farmers. Let's do something about it. So that's what she's doing right now. So I, I I'd, li- I'd like to open the floor to our friends that are in the agriculture industry that listen to the program yes. to reach out. Uh, we, we'd love to talk to you if you're willing to come on. Uh, maybe even just a private interview or something like that that we could release and uh, j- delve into this as well as some of the other issues that you may be facing. Well, let's talk about that real quick, because this is a perfect example of your morals crossing policy rules and regulation. Because the morals say, let's put this living thing out of its misery. But the law says, no, you've got to keep it alive, suffering for X amount of time. So, I mean, she has a decision to make, right? Does she stay in that industry or violate the law? Or no, stay in the industry and follow the law or violate the law or just get out of it altogether. But I get what she's saying. She's making perfect sense. If that calf is suffering and is in pain, yeah, put it out of his misery. But it's it's interesting. We don't do that about humans. I'm putting you out of your misery with this story right here. (laughs) You're an ass. We're going to keep moving on. (laughs) This next story is uh, coming to us from the GAO, GAO gao.gov. This is dated March 29th, just this past week. Uh, The NLRB, Meaningful Performance Measures Could Help Improve Case Quality, Organizational Excellence, and Resource Management. Um, The quick fast facts on this one for you, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, National Labor Relations Board addresses complaints of unfair labor practices, and as you know, they protect employers' employees' rights rather to unionize. Declining staff numbers and recent policy changes have prompted concerns about how the NLRB can accomplish its mission. A federal survey indicates that the NLRB employees are increasingly dissatisfied. The world is shocked. Objective and quantifiable performance measures can help the NLRB track its progress in these particular areas. For example, NLRB could set specific targets for its federal employee survey results. Better performance measures can help Congress and the agency know if goals are continually being met. 
There was a long investigative process uh, that took place and many, many surveys that went on. And uh, when we're talking about employees uh, satisfied with policies, practices of senior leaders from 2015 to 2017, that was near 50 percent. 2018 to 2019, that declined to about 30 percent. Having sufficient resources to do the job back in 2015 and 2017, approximately 45 percent. Wow. In the years of 2018 and 2019, survey says 31 percent or 32. And overall satisfaction. Back in 2015 and 2017, that was up to approximately 65 percent. And in 2018, 2019, approximately 45%. So um, why the GAO did this study, at the, at the end of the day, uh, the NLRB, through two primary functions, preventing employers and unions from engaging in unfair labor practices uh-huh. and conducting secret ballot elections for employees to consider representation by a union, recent increases in unobligated funds, Reductions in staff levels and policy changes at the NLRB have raised concerns about its ability to accomplish its mission. And the GAO, that's the Government Accountability Office, was asked to examine the effects of these changes. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the recommendations from their report, they are making six recommendations to the NLRB, including to develop objective and quantifiable performance measures and evaluate performance pressure on staff. The NLRB agreed with GAO's recommendations and described a number of ongoing and planned actions to further address them. The six main recommendations are available in the article. Once again, uh, GAO.gov, dated March 29, 2021. National Labor Relations Board, meaningful performance measures could help improve case quality, organizational excellence, and resource management. Mr. Baez, over to you. So let me see if I get this uh, correct. The National Labor Relations Board, the governing body of the NLRA that is supposed to help employees or just help people make sure they're being treated fairly in any business, they're having issues within their ranks. Now, hearing you read that story, look, I've been in HR for 20 years. I've been dealing with unions for 15 of those years. And I think this is the first time I've ever, this question I've ever crossed my mind is, what if the GAO didn't conduct this survey? What if the NLRB says, you know what, employees, screw you. And those employees wanted to unionize. Where did they go? Who did they go to for help? It can't be the NLRB. That would be a conflict of interest. I'm a, I, I don't think it's the GAO neither, but I don't know. Maybe that's a question for good employment and labor attorneys out there who are listening. Uh, maybe Paige can 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 chime in or Dave Miklas can chime in, but that is that's uh that's really really interesting. So what they're saying is is that due to the pandemic and they had to reduce staff. I'm just assuming that it's because of the pandemic they got way more work and not enough staff to continue with that work. Then why do they have so many job openings? Why do they have so many little people? It sounds like they need to reassess their staffing model and they need to reassess how many people they need to actually get the work done. I don't think you needed a study for that. 
if you if people leave or if you let people go due to a pandemic, again, I'm assuming if you let people go, then you have to know that you got shoes to fill. Then what do you do if that if if that's the case? That's an interesting one. The uh, number six recommendation on the list. I want to read it to you, Rick. Um, Again, stop by their website. Check out all six. Uh, HR Talk podcast did tweet this out, I believe, during the week as well. I may stand corrected there, um, but you can find the story on your own. But the number six recommendation here states the board and general counsel should develop mechanisms to improve communication with key internal stakeholders, such as the NLRB unions, to increase transparency and collaboration in implementing agency policies. Hmm. Hmm. Transparency and key communication. You know what? I guess it's good that they are doing that, um, again, to keep that transparency there. And I like how they say it. they agree with the findings. So what happens if they don't? <laughs> so what? Business as usual, continue to beat that employee down because he or she has got has got the workload of four other employees and still getting paid minimum wage. That I'm not saying they're getting paid minimum wage. You know what I mean. But that is an interesting one. I wonder what they're going to do. And again, if they want to unionize, who do they go to? What is the governing body that's going to step in and make sure that the if they do unionize and they get and they show the cards, they have an election. Who's going to oversee that election? It can't be the same body. So lawyers, call in. Let me know. Your next story here. And Ricky, I know you're not ready for this one. Let me just stop the music right away. Go ahead. Get the Twitter pulled up. This was posted 11 hours ago by the HR Talk podcast. Got it. And this is from Thomas Webernight. The story comes to us from customerthink.com, and it's titled Work From Anywhere Done Right. In this article, uh, he states, quote, the pandemic has taught us through the past year that it becomes urgent for businesses to adequately deal with the need for new working models that help employees to become as productive when working from any place as when working from an office. This is all the more important as research indicates that the change we are undergoing right now is going to stay at least to some extent. And that is reasonable. As with all investments made by businesses, it is possible to combine the best of both worlds. Many, if not most of us, will be able to truly work from anywhere. After all, some activities are better done in office spaces. Others work better in a remote setting. And then there is a good chance that travel will increase again. Travel time is often very unproductive. Rather, quote, travel time is often unproductive time, end quote. With all the infrastructure in place right now, travel time can get brought to more productive use, if not driving a car, that is. Uh, The story goes on to talk a bit more about work from anywhere endeavors. Huge topic over the past few weeks. WFA, if you want to Google that, Rick, go ahead. Jump right in. You don't have to wait. Radical candor. Just jump in, man. You know this. This is the story between Kodak and Sony. Have you heard that story? This, This is exactly that. Kodak and Sony. Years and years and years ago, when um, uh, um, Kodak was the king of photography, the king of cameras, but then Kodak was always stuck in the whole people want to take pictures, develop them, go through that process, right? 
And then Sony says, no, the, this is the digital age. People want digital pictures, digital cameras. So when the idea was pitched to Kodak, Kodak says, we're not going to do it. People want to develop their own pictures. Sony says, forget that. We're going to go ahead and go in this digital age. And that's why Sony got to the forefront of digital photography. What the hell is that, bro? <laughs> I was playing music from the 1920s for you. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So this is the same thing here, right? Now Kodak missed the boat. Now they, they jumped in the whole digital age way late, but Sony got the jump on it. Same thing with Netflix and Blockbuster when it comes to videos. The point I'm trying to make here, JC, is that why do we have to wait for a pandemic for organizations to fully understand the efficiencies of telecommuting? Rich Rosen, CEO of FastCall, says Salesforce has embraced a work from home for its 52,000 employees across 160 offices across the globe, suggesting that remote workforces open up incredible business opportunities. They have reported many work from home, WFH benefits, including increased productivity and recommended video conferencing as a vital tool. Salesforce recommends that companies take the time to employ effective management strategies to maximize productivity and collaboration. There are, Ricky, many CEOs out there, uh, many thought leaders out there that are very opposed to the work-from-anywhere process. Uh, predominantly, if uh, you think about an employee that does desire to leave the United States to move to, say, Switzerland to work there, will you allow them? Would you let them to leave the country? And then what are the tax implications for you as a business? Well, yeah. And then further from that, just an employee leaving the state of Florida and, say, moving to New York. Nobody would do that. Of course, this is fictitious. They would mm -hmm. be moving the other way. No one wants to be in New York. But for our pretend story, we'll use something <laughs> that's so radically off the charts that it would not be believable. Okay? All right? So yeah. you've got a Floridian moving to New York for whatever reason. There's going to be huge tax changes and, and locality pay changes, depending on if if you're doing that within your organization as well. There's things to consider about insurance. What does insurance cost for an employee that's, uh, say, in, um, in DeLand versus an employee that needs to be insured in the heart of Chicago, Illinois, Rick? You're right. And um, I know. I I've got I've got plenty of experience in that there, JC, because I know. long time ago, no, long time ago, I was uh, teaching for a university online, online, and uh, the the semester was in the middle. Um, actually, my my uh, my cruise vacation was in the middle of a semester. I picked up that semester late in the, in the year. Anyway, so um, it was an online course, and I bought the internet package, right, Disney Cruise Lines. And I was teaching from the cruise. Yeah, I had a little raccoon eye because of my sunglasses and I was in the sun way too much. But um, when the organization found out that I was in the Bahamas teaching, the HR department and the legal department got all pissed at me because of the tax implications. That was about 10 years ago because of the tax implications. And that's when I first found out, oh, I can't teach from a cruise. Nobody told me that. <laughs> so for organizations that um, have employees that for an organization that says we're not going to work from home, if you're going to go that route, which you should go that route. And you, I can't believe a pandemic has to force you to do that if you got the capabilities to do so. Because if you're a business owner and you don't allow your associates to work from home when the job can actually be supported by that infrastructure, 
It's because you don't trust them. If that's see, the I'm, not, I'm going the other way with this one, right? It's not Are even you? the work from home aspect where I'm firing okay. from. I'm in okay. the camp now that, and I've I've believed this since the two th- early 2000s, really have, okay. and I actually lived it in the late 2000s, early 2010s. You should be able to work from anywhere. Yes, if you put the constraints in place that okay, if you're working for our company, uh. You know, maybe you need to be within uh, the United States. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Or whatever your stipulations are that you can legally put a constraint on. But if you have employees that their lives might be better off if they leave a particular state because they are overtaxed and constricted and not able to leave their homes (laughs) and, and living under a regime and they no longer want to be part of the empire. They want to be part of the resistance. You know, they, they want to move on and, and, and do better things. You know, they, they should have that opportunity to remain valuable to you and just move maybe, you know, 45 minutes further over the border into another state where the taxes are cheaper, life is better, and, and people smile, you know? Okay. Hypothetically speaking. Gotcha. So... You still got to be careful. From an HR perspective, you have to know where your employees are working from. Hire a lawyer. Hire a lawyer and get it squared away. Write some stuff down. I get it. I get it. Train your HR. You don't want to look the other way. (laughs) You don't want to look the other way. Train your HR. No, look, stare at it. Stare at it in the face and embrace it. Put both hands on its little cheeks and just say, look, look, little you. Come here. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to bring you into this Billy realm. Madison. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be a good one. little HR policy. I love you. You'll yes. be great. Put it out there. Put the put the freaking policy out there. If you go from one state to the other, you have to let somebody know, and we have to know for tax purposes. In Florida, we don't have any state taxes. You move to Pennsylvania, where it does have uh, uh, state taxes, we don't know about it. We don't take out taxes for your state. <laughs> Next thing you know, when you come to file your, your taxes, you're going to be in trouble. Yes. And yeah, so so we have to know from an HR perspective. Because I think, what is it, Nevada, Texas, and Florida don't have any state taxes. Is it Nevada <laughs> or Nevada? Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. Nevada. Las Vegas. Yeah. Nevada. So, Nevada. Yeah, so, so we have to know. Let the associates move from here to there. But if you don't, you don't allow them to do so because you don't trust them, God, just sell your company. Go somewhere else and do something don't else. Say you that. Affect other don't don't, don't say that. That's dumb. That, that, that really Why sounds that stupid. stupid. Why does that sound stupid? It sounds really dumb. Why? Just, just, just Ricky Bias. Your next story is brought to us in part by Bias Co. Learning. There will be a online seminar coming up at the end of the month. We'll be talking about that a little bit more later on in the program. Uh, but our next story here, Rick, what do you have? So our next story is t- uh, talking about culture. Talking about working, this is from businessinsider.com. Microsoft experimented with a four-day work week and productivity jumped by 40%. You said culture? Culture. Culture. Read it off, Ricky. An experiment that involved reducing the work week by one day led to a 40% boost in productivity in a Microsoft subsidiary subsidiary. In Japan, that's not even in the U.S. 
the technology giant announced last week. The trial was part of Microsoft's Work-Life Choice Challenge. <laughs> what the heck? A summer project that examined work-life balance and aimed to help boost creativity and productivity by giving employees more flexible working hours. Microsoft Japan closed its office every Friday in August and found that the labor productivity increased by 39.9% compared to August 2018. Oh, dude, why you, you should I know, I know. We can't afford it. So the full-time employees were given paid leave during the culture. So here's what they did. Here's what they did. They went ahead and they said, we're going to close down on Friday. Not to be confused, we're going to close down on Friday and we're going to add more hours to the remaining work weeks. It's still, they still worked eight hours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, not change the hours to 10 hours a day. And they still got more, almost half, almost half of the productivity. Dude. Wow. This is something we should really practice here in the United States. Wow. We really, 40%. So. Okay. In, in I, your opinion, how, how prevalent is the 37 and a half hour work week amongst your peers? So from a salaried employee perspective. No. We don't look at <laughs> no. hours. We don't look at no. hours. We you, can't, whatever. you can't do it from the salary employee perspective because okay. we all know the salaried employee in HR is putting in between 80 to 120 hours a week. A day. We know this. Oh, a week. Yeah, a yeah. week. Yeah, we no. know this. Yes, but for correct. the standard workforce, 37.5 hours, is that typical or is that atypical? Atypical. Atypical, man, because, you know, um, especially this past 12 months where people will let go and then the remaining workforce had to pick up that slack, whatever the slack that was. So, yeah, there was a lot of overtime there. But then here's the thing, JC, if you're a business owner and you're finding that your your hourly associates are clocking in crazy amount of overtime, maybe it's time to hire more people. Stop being a cheap ass and hire more people, right? Because technically, if you hire more people to work those same things that otherwise your current workforce is getting overtime for, A, they're going to be overworked, B, they're going to make mistakes, and C, it'll really just be cheaper for you to just hire somebody else and take care of that. Could you imagine how many meetings would fall to the wayside or be truncated for the fact that you're doing four hours? Or I'm sorry, four days, you know, <laughs> four days, no, yeah, yeah, four was. days, like at least so, with the virtual meetings, you don't need that 15 to 30 minutes in between meetings to go from that conference room over to the other conference room or talk to people along the way or yada, yada, yada. You're already in your home. Yeah, yeah. You're at home. You could literally Cancel go it. meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And you've just if you if you're doing that now, you're already saving probably two to three hours in productivity a day. Mm. Just mm. walking from room to room. Now imagine mm. you trim out an entire day and you're down to four. You're going to get stuff done. You're going to get stuff done. Because there, there's no time to chit-chat. There's no time to goof around. You got things that you need to do. JC, when I was a senior employee relations manager for Orange County Public Schools about 10 years ago, and uh, during the summertime, we went from a five-day work week to a four-day work week. But in those four days, we had to work 10 hours. They don't care what we did. They just have to show that we worked for 10 hours in one day, which made no sense. We had to find crap to do. 
just to justify to the taxpayers, this is what we were doing. And it just made no sense at all. And even before that, when I was working for Orange County government, I was a training and employee relations analyst with them. And I proposed an idea to the administrator who reported to the mayor about how telecommuting, this is back in 2005, JC, how, no, 2006, telecommuting was actually more uh, productive and more efficient than um, being in the office for five days a week, eight hours a day. The administrator told me, no, if people are at home, they're going to goof off. What a great leader. <laughs> What a great leader that that is his view on everybody out there. And and, and I can see that now. That was a long time ago, but it, it was just crap, right? I and hate, here we are I in the pandemic. I hate the word teleworking or telecommuting. Right. Yeah? Yeah. It what? just reminds me of the rotary phone. You know, like <laughs> it's like an antiquated, like even if it's not the rotary, it's like that big brick from the 1980s on your ear, you know? Just that that, fr- that that first uh, wireless phone in your house. I'm yeah. t- I'm tele doing things. <laughs> you know, it's like no, no. It's hard for ten hours. The last thirty minutes. Yeah, it's like 2021. You know, I mean, just call it WFA. Work from anywhere. Work from anywhere. I like it. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're nearing the top of the hour once again. You're listening to the. HR Talk Podcast with Ricky Baez and JC. It's our pleasure to be here and keep going tonight. If you've been with us thus far, you know today's special episode is uh, all current events. We're just really laying back, having fun, uh, getting ready for the the weekend here and uh, really embracing everything that the, the world has to offer and bring to the table. Hey, Rick, there's a uh, there's a story uh, that you might be interested in. This is okay. uh, this is from Lil Brewski Twelve regarding her employment at Hooters. I've been saving this one for you, Rick. You know nothing about this. Get ready. Here we go. Hooters gave me this today. Pretty much an updated rule book, and I'm going to go over some of the stuff in it with you again. Makeup is not optional. You must come to work photos. You're ready. Hair must be natural colors and blended naturally. If you have blonde hair, no black highlight. No peeling or chip nail polish. No jewels, glitter, no art, because I'm taking these off. In some states, no nail polish or nails can be worn. None of these piercing. Tattoos must be covered. If you choose to get a piercing or tattoo during your employment, you will not be able to work until it's covered or removed. You can only use these brands and makeup. You must appear to live a healthy lifestyle and appear physically active, muscle tone, and carries yourself upright. None of these hairstyles are allowed. You are required to smile and make eye contact. Pooters girls don't have a bad hair day or use the excuse it's the weather. Tells you how to do your makeup and how to blend it so you look like this instead of this. If anything gets on your uniform mask, you must change immediately. You are only allowed to carry pens, lipstick, notebook, and money on you. Anything you put in your hair must be your hair color. So hold on. She's complaining that a Hooters restaurant is dictating how she is supposed to look in front of customers. Correct. <laughs> and act. Is she, is she serious? Yes. That's her concern. Yes. Okay. Why so, why should people not be concerned? Because that's the nature of the job. <laughs> if you go to work, there's this thing called a handbook. If you open that handbook, there's a list of, of policies and procedures or ideals that you're supposed to follow that 
embodies the culture right. of the organization. Yeah, no, we get that. Right? So let me ask okay, you a then, question. Then what's the then. So what uh, if what if you're within an organization where mm-hmm. you, Ricky Baez, are a personal trainer? Okay. And in that manual, it explicitly states that you, Ricky Baez, that personal trainer, have to wear green silky shorts that are jogging shorts up high. And it makes you uncomfortable to wear them. You're really good at your job, but you mm-hmm. don't want to wear those. You feel objectified while you're working. And it's that's part of different. their uniform. No, that's different. That's different. Because me being a personal trainer, that be me being yeah, a personal you're, Yeah, trainer, you're a personal freaking treasure, all right. I'm a personal train wreck is what I am. Uh, me being a personal trainer has got nothing to do with the green or no, blue. No, no, no. It's the uniform. It's the uniform that you're required to wear on the job as per the company. Okay. So, all right. So, let's do this. How is that any different than you wearing a McDonald's shirt when you work at McDonald's, a Chick-fil-A shirt when you work at Chick-fil-A, or a Burger King shirt when you work at Burger King? No and, different, and right? what if it makes you feel objectified? What if you don't feel comfortable wearing that? What if you then don't feel you comfortable? Why are you at Hooters? Because you I'm enjoy sorry. it. <laughs> that no, you know what Hooters is all about. That's called a BFOQ, a bona fide occupational qualification. And what that means is that Hooters can tell you that you cannot work here as a waitress or a waiter if you are a guy. A direct violation of Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act, unless there is a BFOQ. And the BFOQ in this situation at Hooters is. Hooters, yes, they sell wings, but they also sell sex appeal. And you have to live up to that sex appeal. And they have policies and procedures to keep up that sex appeal that directly ties into their brand. So Hooters has every right to do that. Now, if you were Chick-fil-A and you were doing the same thing, saying that you have to wear tight shorts, you got to wear a tight shirt, that's something completely different because that's not part of Chick-fil-A's appeal. Now, they have to be presentable. They have to look nice. They have to have proper hygiene. Organizations have every right to do that. Now, yeah, but, but, but what, hang on, though. What about fighting yeah. barriers to equal employment for women at all levels at the end of the day? Okay. What about that? What about it? It's not like she didn't know what she was uh, applying for at Hooters. What does she think was going to happen there? Right. Okay. I mean, she, she knows what Hooters is all about. Now, if they had the same guidelines in IHOP, I have one have a, a leg to stand on. I hop leg to stand on. I just got that. <laughs> got it right. So I hop. They don't have that sex appeal, right? They just got pancakes and whatever else they they sell there, right? Speak for yourself. Why? Those pancakes look so good when they bring them out, man. I'm, I'm telling you right I'm now. I'm sorry. I can't stand IHOP. I don't like their pancakes. All right, moving on. We've got our next story coming up. Ricky Baez, coming back over to you. What's the next one you got? Oh, man. So I have this one. This one I love. Again, we're going back to TikTok. And okay, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and just play it. You ready? Here we go. Oh, wait a minute. No, I have to explain it. I'm sorry. Here's what's going on. This is somebody. This is somebody who works at Starbucks and they loaned their uniform to their friend who doesn't work at Starbucks and he decided to spend the day going to different Starbucks and just announcing that they're quitting. Check this out. You know what? You can't fire me because I quit. I quit. 
And I banged my girlfriend on this table last night. That one. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, believe it or not, believe it or not, Rick, that, that's uh, Shane Hartline. He's a comedian. And uh, he originally put that out on the YouTube back in 2014. Oh, and now did? TikTok is reintroducing that uh, to uh, to a whole new crop of people that are out there uh, making it all fun and funny. Yeah. I love that. I, he's just walking in there, random Starbucks, and just yelling that he quit. And then I guess he said he decided to his girlfriend on that bench right there. Now, here's the thing. The associates, they're not distraught. They're just laughing. Because they're like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Why is this guy here? Why is he doing that? But from a manager's perspective, what do you do? If you're the leader of that restaurant, you're like, I have no idea who that is. You've got to say something to the customers who just witnessed that. So what do you do? So from your point of view, JC, if you saw that, well, as a customer, if you saw that, what would you say? Let's say you were Tim Hortons up, up in Buffalo and you're enjoying a croissant with a coffee. Somebody walks in and starts quitting and they said they're doing things. What goes through your mind? Ladies and gentlemen, that employee was actually fired yesterday, and they are slightly disgruntled. At this time, we'll be blocking the doors. Uh, no other patrons can come in. Anyone that's here, please line up for a free muffin. Thank you. Oh, you see, look, so I, I know you just made that up, and you're kind of joking, but that's exactly what a leader should do. I'm not joking. Let's make, okay, I got you, yeah. right? But a leader should do that. Address it. Get, get ahead of it head on. Right. And just the people who were mildly, I guess, inconvenienced or even had a laugh, give them a free muffin. Right. Just make fun of it. And that's it. You're done. But that's a pretty now, cool. Uh, uh, while you're talking about Starbucks on March 31st, there was a major headline that went out about uh, Starbucks. They did settle in the EEOC discrimination cases. Eric Holder reviews diversity uh, progress. An annual independent review of Starbucks compiled by the former attorney general Eric Holder praised the coffee chain's commitment to diversity amid the coronavirus pandemics. And an election year with widespread what? protests against racial discrimination. At the same time, the coffee chain also disclosed it has settled with the EEOC to resolve allegations dating back to 2007 that Starbucks promotion practices discrimination against some of its store partners on the basis of race and national origin, as detailed in the EEOC report. Now, reviewing the past year, the company gave employees the opportunity to feel seen and heard to address partner needs, according to the company's 2021 civil rights assessment. Eric Holder pointed to numerous company efforts from organization virtual forums allocated for employees to share their perspectives and feelings regarding racial injustice, updating the dress code to allow for more expression of the Black Lives Matter movement and creating a mentorship program focused on connecting black, indigenous and people of color to senior leaders within the company. Back to you. I'm okay with that as long as they allow other movements to be shown as well uh not just black lives matter but LG, lgbt asian hispanic whatever is out there they should allow all because that is the true essence of diversity not just picking one but allowing employees allowing customers to express themselves peacefully and respectfully so as long as they and, do that at for some everybody, point okay. here in the near future it's going to go from being talking about diversity to divergency and there's going to be this huge <laughs> thing right yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, you know what's happening now? 
What do you to mean? Be honest. What do you mean? Well, well, I mean, look, are we not? I don't remember in the it's it, in the past 15, 20 years. Huh. I don't remember so much heat, so much hatred to be out there. Now, maybe it's been out there, and I just haven't seen it, but I'm seeing it more now. I'm seeing it more now. There's a big divide between um, uh, uh, backgrounds, heritage, race, national Oregon, uh, Oregon. <laughs> national Oregon. Yes, Oregon. This is all about you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there are huge divides regarding national organs. Oregons. <laughs> I said Oregon, but that's okay. Breaking Fine. news. Back okay. to you. It's a, a huge divide. No, but you know what? It's uh, it's good for organizations to get involved. In you're a, the yeah, top, you're top more group. a fan of actually like confronting it. You're more a fan of talking about it. You're more a fan of putting it on the table. You're someone yes. that actually listened to Chris Rock back in the day. Yes, absolutely. Put it on the table. But that would get you fired nowadays. No, it depends how you use it, right? Because let me tell you, if I started speaking on that and I got fired because of it, I'll be rich. What was that one skit that they did? What was that skit about the cheese? The cheese on the burger. Do you remember that whole thing? Like uh, being able to afford the cheese on the burger on your date? You know, you're taking it out to the spot. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Chris Rock. Yeah. You remember that, right? I do. I do. I remember that. Many other people remember that. No one can find a clip of that skit online anywhere about the cheese on the burger for your date and stuff like that. I encourage anyone listening to this program today to find that clip of, of Chris Rock doing the stand-up about cheese on the burger and the date and everything like that that we're talking about. And, Ricky, you have, maybe you expound upon it if you do remember it, but I, I implore anyone to find that clip and, and send us a wait, link. Wait. So what are you saying? What are I, you saying? I can't find it. It's like it was expunged from the Internet. Or this is the Mandela effect. Don't even start. (laughs) To the next story, please. All right. So the next story. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Go right ahead. Wow. That sounded nasty. Okay. What happened? Go ahead. Talk, talk, talk. Oh, oh, because I thought you had something you wanted to say. This is from back on TikTok. Playboy Man Baby. What, what in the world? Why do they keep coming up with these names? This okay. is play, Playboy Man Baby. What, what is this? What's the premise of this? So this is a clip. What's the title? This is, it, it's I've never worked in an office, but it seems rad, to be honest. Okay. Night parody edit. Here we go. All right. Now look at this. I've talked to corporate and they're really pissed. You spent your work day on the internet. You stole the mustard from the kitchenette. <laughs> You're in the stairwell smoking cigarettes. And in the basement you set up roulette. <laughs> and I'm not even to the worst part yet. I asked for words, you sent a PDF. A PPDF. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So he's dressed like... <laughs> I don't know. Some somebody back in the eighties has a weird tie, has a mullet, and let me tell you how hard this skit hit me in my heart, there, JT. Do you have any idea how many freaking times I've requested a document in Word and they've sent it in PDF? Really, <laughs> bro? Let me tell you, it drives me insane. So when he said that last part. 
up until that part, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Up until that last part, I had PTSD because I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you've got to be kidding me. This happens to uh, other people as well, you know? Because if you got your things set up, everything ready to go, you got a document that you need to edit. Next thing you know, you get the document that you've been waiting for for two months. Next thing you know, it gets you in PDF. Now I got to figure out how to un PDF it and make it into an a uh, a Word document where I can edit it. So anyway. I mean, I guess he's making fun of the corporate culture, right? And this is um, th- this the corporate culture that we've known uh, for the past I don't, 50, 60 years. But he's just making fun of it. That's all. And it's just I wanted to play that. Actually, I think you shared that with me. And I just started laughing my ass off with it because of that PDF part. Have you ever, th- have you ever had that happen to you? It's funny. No. No, it, did, it never happened to you. Maybe. I don't oh, know. Dang it. That freaking sucks. Hey, anyway, what, what else you got? What else you got there? What's oh, the dude, next dude, one? I got, hold on. The next one that I got, this is, oh, what is this guy doing? I don't know. I don't know what this guy's doing. This is Nas Jack. <laughs> oh, the weekly yeah. business roundup. Right. Is, is that what this is? Nas Jack. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's this guy's a trip. All right. Place. Here's what happened in hard tech startups this week. The Suez Canal has been my favorite thing that happened this week, and some cool satellite imaging startups have been capturing a ton of photos from space. And Serena Williams' SPAC is nearing a deal with Velo3, a 3D metal printing startup that's going public with products geared towards rockets and jet engines. And this is similar to desktop metal SPAC last year. As for EV startups, they're currently lobbying against outdated dealership laws because they want to have their own showrooms while dealerships want the startups to go through them. As well, EV van startup Arrival finally SPAC but it's sunk in its debut. And a ton happened in biotech. A synthetic cornea startup named Ion has raised $25 million to expand clinical trials for their cornea implant, which allows them to replace dysfunctional tissue with minimal surgery. And two synthetic meat startups were announced, one growing high-end meats such as elk, lamb, and wagyu, and Ew. another growing cell-based salmon, trout, and carp. And lastly, Zimmergen, a biofacturing startup that produces materials created from microbes such as flexible transparent glass that could be used in foldable phones will IPO at a $100 million valuation. Here's what happened in a lot going on there. I like the uh, transparent, flexible glass. Uh, what did we call that before the show started? I think that was plexiglass. Yes. Plexiglass. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, right. nothing, nothing groundbreaking there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's actual glass. I mean, who knows? We'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, how many more do you have in these regular oh. ones right here coming up? I think you've got a couple more good ones here, don't you? Well, yeah, I think some things just came in. Hold on. Let me bring up. Well, yeah, I, I sent you some Florida uh, stories here for the end. I've, I've got a few key ones for the end. But before we get into the Florida stories, what else do we have on the main here? We got Tay.Tom24. Things are getting interesting. What's the? Oh, is this the playoff on what we talked about last week, I believe? I think it is. Yeah, that I was trying to find it, and I couldn't find it, and I finally found it. And here's the found footage. Former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, was recently interviewed on Fox News on the topic of unidentified aerial phenomena. If you haven't seen this interview, then you're in for a real treat. We always, when we, when we see these things, Maria, we always look for a, a plausible explanation. You know, weather can cause disturbances, visual disturbances. Sometimes we wonder whether or not our adversaries have technologies um, that are a little bit further down the road than we thought or that we realized. But there are instances where we don't have good explanations for some of the things that we've seen. And, um, you know, when that information becomes declassified, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> Can you tell us where it was seen? 
actually all over the world. There been, now, I know a lot of people are going to start saying that this is misinformation or some kind of false flag, maybe something that's tied to Project Bluebeam. But even if that is true, this is a, still a super important interview to have either way. So that that's the one that we talked about last week where uh, Radcliffe was actually literally talking about some things that were going on. That's right. That it, it's I have I can't even talk. I'm so excited. I am. So, I just want to see something out there. I want to see some evidence of things that are unexplained, things that are way beyond our years, which is scary and exciting at the same time. Do me a favor. So, tie, tie it tie it back into HR because people have brought this up to me. They say, you guys bring these stories up. You, you, you're talking about these reports that have to come out as per the coronavirus bill. You're talking about the uh, the interview with Bartiromo. You're, you're seeing these things happen. Mm-hmm. How in the world does this even connect with human resources? I know my answer. I want to hear yours. So from my point of view, if I was working for an organization where I'm leading the HR office and there's a lot of complaints, complaints from associates about this one person who keeps talking about UFOs, then, yeah, we have to know how to deal with that. Whether you believe in in uh, UFOs or not is irrelevant. But let the guy talk what he wants to talk. As long as he's not bothering anybody and he's not impeding production, leave him alone. Now, yeah, you could tell him to shut up, but that means you got to tell everybody else to shut up who's talking about football, baseball, and everything else happening out there, right? So just if he's not bothering anybody, leave him alone, whether you believe in it or not. Again, this is this all comes down to what your beliefs are and make sure they're separate to what the policy is supposed to be. And see, I'm in the seat of disaster recovery. I'm in the seat of thinking about, okay, if this story does break, if there is more that's coming to the table and, and this gets out and, and and they reveal something more, what are we going to do when like three quarters of the office call off because they just yeah. can't mentally take it? Or <laughs> what do we do during that day? Do we go into admin time? Do we shut the doors for the afternoon? How do you communicate with your employees? I mean, it, it would be a radical change to life as we know it, and that would directly impact productivity. It really would. It would, but if you allow Bob to talk about it and Susan to talk about it, when it does happen, people are going to say, oh, my God, Bob and, Su- Bob and Susan were right. So maybe right in along. the interim, you pull them in on your secret task force to put together a PowerPoint presentation on preparedness, and, and you leave <laughs> this in the coffers so that when the day arrives, you're like, Bob, I'll call on you one of these days. You're my go-to. And you you empower that employee with that specific task. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, Bob. You are the reigning expert of anal probes. Go ahead and put a, pre- a presentation deck on that and tell everybody about it at the next town hall. There you go. Done. He's just looking at me with a weird look. <laughs> <laughs> A lot just happened. <laughs> All right, I know you got another story in the coffers right there on the regular roll. What do you got I'll coming up next on the I'll clip? Tip? The next one that I have here actually is that guy. It's actually this is Jerron Myers comedy. There's more. So check out what this guy did. 
put this sign up at Starbucks that just says cat lessons. And today I have 200 voicemails. My name is Kate Davis and I really want to be a cat. <laughs> My name is Peaches. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm done with that one. I'm done with that one. Imagine someone calls the wrong number and someone answers and goes, hello? And they go, "Uh, Peaches. Peaches. My name is Peaches. Meow. 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 Oh, wow. Okay, I'm stopping it right there. I'm sorry. I'm stopping it right there. All right. So, Ricky, what what just happened? All right. I'm going to tell you what just happened. All right. So this guy goes to a Starbucks and he takes a a flyer and he puts it on the bulletin board, right? Next to guitar lessons, next to piano lessons, or next to, hey, I'm selling a futon. And it says, hey, I could teach you how to be a cat. And he puts phone numbers in it. And it's a picture of him in a really weird looking cat suit. And what he does is he puts phone numbers on there. A couple of days later, he has 200 voicemails of people who legitimately want to be taught how to be a cat. And the reason I found that interesting, JC, is because a couple of years ago, we had a story about furries and how there was this one organization that had this associate who identified as a cat and whether that was an ADA accommodation or not. Now, I forgot what uh, episode number that was, but it reminded me of that. And I started thinking, how many people out there, how many, just think about your employees. Think about your coworkers. Forget your employees. Think about your coworkers that you know little about and how many of them actually go home and they really live their life as a cat. And what if they came out, quote unquote, as a cat? What would you do from an HR perspective? Do you protect them? Do you give them an accommodation? What do you do? Now, obviously, being a furry, being a cat, it's not protected by the law. Um, but you got to do the right thing, right? So if the guy or girl wants to live the life as a cat, and as long as it doesn't interfere with work, and that's what they want to do, let and and they're performing, they do an amazing job, let them be. Who cares? There you go. Let Thank them be. Thank you for that. Let them be. What else you got in the coffers there? Anything good? Uh, no, that is it from a video perspective. I'm trying to see what else we can find on here. Oh, oh wow, what's that? It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories this week brought to you in part by the uh, Super Chill HR Talk podcast flagship show, the one that you've come to know and love. We are at that one hour, 18 minute mark, one hour, 20. We do have uh, four key essential Florida stories for you today. For the first one out of the block of four there, Rick, the uh, Orlando Sentinel put out a piece. Could you pull that up? I'd, I'd like for you to start this off and kick things off. Yeah. Florida man arrested after drug found in Crown Royal bag and kitchen, deputies say. So a Florida man is facing multiple federal drug charges after deputies say they found several illegal drugs in his home. Okaloosa County Sheriff's deputies served a search warrant Thursday in Fort Walton Beach at the home of Maurice Simmons. Deputies said they found 177 grams of fentanyl, 
four grams of heroin, and 323 grams of marijuana, according to the post on his Facebook page. So that's why they do official statements now. They also say they find a gram of cocaine inside of a Crown Royal bag. Simmons is facing charges of marijuana possession with intent to sell, cocaine possession, possessing drug equipment, and trafficking for heroin and fentanyl. He's currently being held without bond. I wonder if the company Crown Royal is going to jump all over this and hop on that media train. <laughs> I mean, why Why did their Orlando Sentinel feel necessary to mention the bag, the name of the uh, of the liquor company and their bag? That just doesn't make sense. Like, what if they found it in his sock? Are they going to say they found it in his Hanes socks? Did, did, so, good point there. Product placement, right? right? Who got yeah, the money right? off that one? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, and I'm sorry, did you catch the part about the uh, the counts that he was charged with? Oh, no, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, I've got this coming from WEAR-TV uh, to wrap things up here. Simmons was charged with one count of marijuana possession with intent to sell, one count of cocaine possession, one count of trafficking heroin, one count of trafficking fentanyl, and one count of drug equipment possession, and he's currently be being held at... Okaloosa County Jail without bond at this time. Over to you. No, it's just, and you know what? I don't know. This is, this was published on April Fool's. So I wonder if this is a joke or not. It's not. I don't think so. I don't think the uh, Okaloosa Sheriff's Office would uh, joke about that. But yeah. All right. So if he was an employee, if we see that, nothing we can do unless we see that, hey, Walmart employee does ABC. Next thing you know, Walmart's got, got some things to do. Again, um, if they don't mention the organization from an HR perspective, it happens outside of the walls. The names are not mentioned. You should do nothing with it. Story. Your next story here is coming from Chiefland, Florida. A 80-year-old man has been arrested for flashing shoppers at Walmart while riding a motorized scooter. A lot going on. Many things could get stuck in the wheels. Several witnesses told police that the 80-year-old gentleman, whose name is uh, Mr. Neely, had a hole in his pants and exposed himself to shoppers while touching himself. Victims reported similar behavior from a man near the guy's uh, description at the same Walmart in the past, but his identity was never confirmed. They only ever saw the hole and the things coming out of it. The gentleman was arrested and transported to the Levy County Jail, where he was released on his own recognizance a few hours later. Stop by Walmart for more details. What, why stop at Walmart? Oh, he was why? released, so you might see him again. <laughs> oh, you might see him again. Got it. Why, why do news outlets feel compelled to publish stories like this? Just like Hooters, if you walk into the establishment, you know what you're expecting. You know what's going to happen. This is this is right up the alley of Walmart, is it not? Isn't there a website called the People of Walmart that kind of shows what kind of consumers actually? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's all right. They're not a sponsor. It's okay. I go to Publix. They got great cheese. The first COVID-compliant film officially shot here in in Florida has been released. I was I was actually well. I pulled the story up. I was just blocked from seeing it. I, I cannot read the next story uh, for right, hold you. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if I got it. I got it. This is from yeah. the dailycommercial.com. 
Holy crap, it's blocking me too. Starting for $1 for the first three months. Subscribe now. Moving no. on to our <laughs> next story. Ricky, go right ahead. All right, the next one is, oh, dude, are you serious? Mom tells daughter she's been shot as April Fool's joke. This is from ABC7 News in Wichita, Kansas. This is not a Florida man story. Wichita police were not laughing after a woman called her daughter and claimed to have been shot in what was supposed to be an April Fool's Day prank. The woman, Arthenia, no, Arthea Willis, 58, was arrested on Thursday on suspicion of unlawful requests for emergency services assistance, reported ABC News. Her daughter called 911 and told them and told them her mother says she's been shot and then hung up. The Wichita Eagle reported. Multiple units, probably between 15 and 20 officers from the Wichita Police Department, as well as the fire department and EMS, responded to the scene. Wow. So, uh, uh, Wichita Police Lieutenant Ronald Hunt said that when no one responded at the home, officers wearing shields and with guns drawn broke down the door. The mother was at work and called her daughter as a prank. Wow. April Fool's can be good. Funny little jokes in some circumstances, but when it leads to police response, it's not funny anymore. For more on that, abc-7.com, Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> Why? Why would you think that's a good idea? Why would you call? Take it you know from what? the HR perspective. Talk to me. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. It, it's uh, let's say let's say somebody called in a bomb threat to the office as an April Fool's joke. Yeah, that's not a joke. People can get hurt. You can use up resources, government resources that are for real legitimate issues all because of your joke. So, yeah, that was really dumb. She should be arrested and they should go and they broke down the door. I think, you know what? That's what I do, JC. I don't break down doors. But what I do, if somebody files a frivolous um, ER complaint, employer relations complaint, and I know it's frivolous, I go all out. I take a, a, a deep dive. I get statements. I get everybody involved. I make it difficult for them to let them know how serious we take things like this. Yeah, so we're the resources, but guess what? They will never do it again. Like these ladies right here, but they will never do that shit again. Your last story is coming to us from the Gainesville Sun. The University Florida. of Florida put out a series of April's Fool Day breaking news broadcasts Thursday on the Twitters. They announced that the new H.I. Purgator, Hypergator, AI, artificial intelligence supercomputer, would take over decision-making for President Ken Fuchs. Fuchs? Could you please pronounce this last name, Rick? F-U-C-H-S? Fuchs, right? No? I think the C-H is like a K, right? So it's Fox. Okay, fine. 18 vice presidents and Florida Gators football head coach Dan Mullen. The videos featured segments of various leaders and students poking fun at each other and the joke. One student said in just, the computer moved my classes to TikTok. While the president of the college did the new Florida cheer, two bits, four bits, six bits, a gigabyte. All for the hyper Gators stand up and holler. Even Marshall Kreiser, Chancellor of the State University System of Florida, was in on the joke. I hate April Fools, man. I really do. I'm sorry, God. 
Some of uh, the past year's pranks have included playing Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up at Century Tower, announcing a UF and Florida State University merger, and turning his commencement robes into football uniforms. This year's jokes were created and produced by telecommunications professor Tim Sorrell from the UF College of Journalism and Communications, who's extremely funny and the funniest person we know. Back to you. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. Other than people go too far with these jokes and they can get fired because of these jokes. Just just stop. I mean, yeah, let's have fun. But if you're going to use up resources and 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 disrupt people's lives unnecessarily, yeah, it's gonna become an issue. I can't stand it. I can't it's ridiculous. Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's get you back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Bias. If you're in human resources and somebody files a complaint and you know you have to conduct an investigation, put your feelings aside. Regardless of what your moral compass tells you, follow the evidence. That will tell you what really happened. Hey girl Maybe we can um, hang out Have a RC Cola to Moon Pie My place Contract. Welcome. This is HR Talk. Jim and Ricky here in A1A Studios in sunny Orlando. We got some kind of special guest for you today. I have been made aware of, she got, I don't know, jacked up first name. It's like CO or, oh, CEO. Never mind. I still don't know who this lady is. Don't screw it up, boys. This is the face of the franchise. You don't know my name. But you know my face. Welcome to HR Talk with Ricky and JC. Wow. I just had to take a trip down memory lane for uh, some of our new listeners here. That That's the face <laughs> of the franchise. That's right. That is the golden voice, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that we are going to be getting together with here in person on the Beachfront Studios Lanai. And uh, I do uh, I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Mr. Ricky Baez will be bringing the portable recording studio to this meeting. And we do hope to have new gems and words of wisdom 
from the face of the franchise. The face of the franchise is the guy on the cover art. When you go to the Apple Podcast, uh, the Google Podcast, the the Stitcher, the iHeartRadio, the TuneIn FM, the Player FM, um, you name the app that exists for podcasts, we're on it. And if we're not on it, we're going to be on it. Mm-hmm. Or someone's putting us on it. Or we've mm-hmm. we've automatically been drafted to it. Word. We've been around near 300 episodes now. It's kind of <laughs> crazy that we're inching towards that 300 mark. And uh, it's been a wild ride. Just had to, uh, for this very special uh, holiday weekend, as, as Ricky described it, I I had to I had to bring out the face of the franchise to say a few special words. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Easter horse, don't forget, Sunday morning, get out there and, and do what you got to do. Uh, going around the room, final thoughts. Ricky, over to you. I don't know where to go with this one. We cover so much, so which kind of tells you from an HR perspective, you never know what your day is going to bring you. So if you make a list and you know what you're going to do on any given day when it comes to human resources, (laughs) get ready. Flexibility and patience is key. You never know. Yeah, Be patient. You don't know what kind of story, what kind of investigation is going to walk through that door that's going to take over your day. Patience and flexibility is key. And you've got some stuff coming up. Oh, what's going on in a couple weeks? What's going on at the end of the month? What's going on in the world? Well, look, April 21st is going to be a really interesting day. That's because JC is going to be down here at the Space Coast HR conference in Melbourne, Florida. JC is going to be the MC. I'm going to be in the HR Talk podcast booth. Actually, JC, we got some special guests that I'm doing an interview with that are going to be published next Friday. Oh, yeah? They're going to be at the event as well. I'm not going to say who they are. I'm just going to let the uh, the uh, interview speak for itself. But that's going to be on April 21st. The last time we talked, JC, you told me that you got word on the air that tickets are sold out. Nobody can get any yeah, more the, tickets, right? The, uh, Space Goes 2021 HR conference is completely sold out. Mm. If you're there... You are one of the lucky ones. It's going to be an amazing time. A beautiful list of speakers. We're going to be having, um, we'll be talking about that more as the week transpires and a little bit more of that social media push. But at the same time, these speakers are key. And we've got some sincere professionals coming to the table that are keynotes. When you have a conference where the core of your speaker base are all keynotes, you know it's going to be a decent time, a quality day of training. All together in one place, one time. Yes, social distancing in effect. But at the same time, we will be in person together in Melbourne, Florida on the 21st of this month. And then coming up at the end of the month, you've got something going on, don't you, Rick? Oh, yes, sir. So just eight days later on April 29th, that is a Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the parent company of uh, of uh, HR Talk, that's Biesco Learning, the training and development HR consultancy firm, is going to be hosting a free, F-R-E-E, free webinar, five ways to build an HR team that just doesn't suck. It is completely free. It is going to be out of this world, and it's, 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 it's going to teach you how to put that team together that's going to help that organization move that needle from A to B. Now, 
The only way you can catch this free webinar, you have to go to the to the to the Biasco Learning website. Go to Biasco.com, B-A-E-Z-C-O.com. At the very top, you'll see Biasco Learning Classes, and then you'll see the class right there. Five ways to build an HR team that doesn't suck. There's a hundred spots available. Twenty, uh, actually, uh, thirteen already gone. We just launched this this week. There's going to be a big push. Sign up today because in the next couple of weeks, they're all going to be gone. Only 100 spots available. Stay tuned. Ricky, I was searching for a couple gems on the computer to wrap up the day here. And I I actually came across. (laughs) I can't believe I'm doing this while we're still recording. I came across a commercial uh, that my father did back in the 70s. Do you want to hear it during the show? Yeah, absolutely. Check this out. This is crazy, man. Nice shot, Alice. Holy George, I'm really improving my golf game since we started going to airport golf. Yeah, the kids seem to have the time of their lives here, too. Look at Tommy. George, I really appreciate you bringing the whole family to airport golf every week. But how come you never take me out to the golf course with you, George? Are you ashamed of the way I play golf? Oh, nonsense, Alice. Whoops, you always do better than I do when we come here. Isn't that true? But, George, if I'm not good a golfer, how come you never take me to the club on Saturday? I know I was bad at the beginning, but just look. Every week I keep beating you by more and more. You've been beating me for years. Whoops, look out. George, have you been fibbing to me? Am I getting worse instead of better? Well, Alice, I suppose... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, good shot. I suppose I better confess. Um, confess? Alice and Gump, the low score wins. Oh, boy. Come on out to Airport Gump, where golf is played for the fun of it. Wow. That's a flashback for you right there. That's the original JC coming at you. <laughs> uh, that's the guy that taught me everything I know. Let me tell you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a good show. I'm JC. On behalf of Ricky Baez, Dave the Intern, the face of the franchise, Senior Executive Lucy, uh, the dog formerly known as Pupcake, we are all... What's your dog's name? Honey Pie. Honey Pie. Honey Pie. Honey Pie. Wow. Honey pie. That's right. Honey poo, honey pie, you know how it goes. Hey, we're all we're all happy to be here this week, and it's it's been our pleasure. And really hope you enjoyed the show this go around. Um, feedback, criticism, comments, anything, feel free to chime in. These current event shows, we always keep it light, fun, happy. It's how we roll. <laughs> Moving forward through the week, uh, stand by for HR Talk Live. That's going to be on Wednesdays. That should be on Facebook. It should be live on Facebook. It should be on the HR Talk podcast page (laughs) on Facebook. So stay tuned. I I do believe there's an event created for that. It'll get shared around. And then uh, coming up on Fridays are those special standout interviews. And taking a look at that calendar, we are going to have a lot going on this month as the days chop away. Two short weeks from now, we're going to be together. Down in Orlando, Florida, getting ready for the HR Space Coast HR Conference out of Melbourne, Florida. It's going to be a great time, great opportunity to meet a lot of people. Look forward to recording with a lot of people, getting their thoughts and opinions on the table. Just do me a favor, drive safe. Have a good night. I'm going to give me an Alaskan taco.